right. Good morning, planet Earth. Not sure what happened to the intro music there, but at any rate, we're here. Happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday, as some would say. Although it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. I see YMI, which is in case you missed it. SMB stands for small and medium-sized business. I have been engaged with SMBs in various capacities for over 20 years now, and I'm in great company on Fridays here at talkradio.myc. I hope everyone out there has been enjoying our business-oriented Friday block between me and Tommy D on Philanthropy and Focus, Jeremiah Fox on the Entrepreneurial Web, and Joe... And create. Last two decades, I have noticed that some of the best thought leadership for SMBs happens on Friday when we feel the freedom of the weekend coming. However, we are so anxious to start the weekend that these crucial pearls of wisdom, they're often overlooked and they're forgotten in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. On Always Friday, we like to take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics that are on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. Coincidentally, my last name means free in German, which is a fun fact for everyone. The name of the show is not just a play on words. I do enjoy a good play on words, but there is some deeper meaning here. We've got some weekend freedom. I've got my shades on. Let's get this party started. Today's topic of discussion is up-level your virtual presence. What is your word for 2021? I really like this question, especially when you're talking about networking. I have two for 2021, differentiation and gamification. My special guest for today also has a word for 2021. His is up-level. What does up-level mean? Well, very simply, it's an adjective to describe having greater capabilities. Uh, In this day and age, having the best possible virtual representation of yourself your brand, and your organization has never been more important. Many SMB owners find themselves turning to brand strategists, thought leaders, and trusted advisors in the world of creating intrigue around the virtual presence. My special guest is a pioneer LinkedIn strategist, a distinguished social psychologist, and a true educator who acts as a facilitator of learning and brings the importance of personal branding to bear, especially in the uh, COVID-19 times, again, never been more important, very popular topic of discussion. While we are on talkradio.myc, we do not want this to just be talk. The goal here is to use insight on the SMB landscape and use it to create more impact come Monday morning. Uh, far too often, SMBs are focused on the product that's going to solve their problems, the shiny new mousetrap, the magic wand. In my travels, products change every single day. In every other facet of our lives, both personal and business, There is absolutely no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first and keeping focus on the process that's going to help you achieve your goals. As long as you do this, the right products will present themselves when needed. Everything begins and ends with the people. So I know that my special guest today would agree. In the spirit of surrounding yourself with the right people, my special guest is J.D. Gershbein, founder of Owlish Communications. Uh, Since 2006, J.D. Gershbein has supported professionals and companies seeking a greater understanding of how LinkedIn works and how they can harness the site's full potential. Okay, Drawing upon his background in neuroscience, broadcast journalism, and improvisational comedy, J.D. finds his passion in connecting people to new knowledge and new opportunities. An early adopter of LinkedIn, J.D. has grown along with the medium to be one of its most leading proponents, transitioning from a traditional marketing practice. He rose to prominence as a LinkedIn profile writer, 
and a corporate trainer before establishing himself as one of the most vivid and interesting personalities on the business speaking circuit. Hell of shades, hell of a pair of shades that he has on. I, I love them. Through his events, writings, teachings, and media contributions, JD has become a positive role model to people in all walks of business, striving to make their mark in the digital age. His core service areas are personal branding, LinkedIn profile writing, LinkedIn coaching, LinkedIn corporate training, thought leadership consulting, professional speaking, Zoom training, and virtual event awesomeness. He is absolutely the most ideal person to discuss the topic of the day today. And as always, we're going to hit my favorite three questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What is your favorite movie or TV show? And what is your favorite musical instrument and the artist who plays it? We will get to that later on in the program. If you guys want to come with me and sit by the fire pit for just a moment, just to tell you guys a quick story, you know, my personal take on what's going on right now and what we're going to talk about with JD today. Uh, actually, my fire pit has a lot more snow on it than that picture. It's about two feet of snow in the backyard. But, uh, you know, virtual presence through social media has evolved, you know, during my professional life. And to date, you know, I've really personally kept it very simple. I've had Facebook for my personal life. I've had LinkedIn for my professional life. And it's, you know, it's really not that simple anymore. Moving forward, it almost doesn't feel like you're part of the virtual world unless you add Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, etc. But again, going back to the way that I tend to think of things, you know, it is all about the people first. It's about creating the relationship. All of these types of forums and technologies that we all subscribe to, they might change. There might be new ones tomorrow. There will be new ones tomorrow that well, some of us are going to join. Some of us won't. Some of us will find ways to maximize our business efforts. Some of them will just be other ways for us to socialize with other areas of the country. We might not be meeting face to face right now. But, you know, it has never been more important to, you know, up level your virtual presence and right along with my words of uh, 2021 differentiation and gamification you have to differentiate yourself and creating a kick-ass virtual presence is one major way to differentiate yourself. My two words come from a state of being and a state of mind where I think if I'm not having fun, I'm not making money. And, you know, you really have to, you have to be in a positive mindset in order to be making money. So building the right relationships, looking to have some fun, you know, really gets you in the right spot. So in the spirit of having some fun, I wanted to share with you guys a cartoon for those of you watching out in TV land for listeners. I'm sorry. You'll just have to watch the video footage at some point, but I, you know, someone shared this article with me some time ago and it's, you know, just a, a snapshot of somebody wearing a pair of underwear over their pants going, well, this isn't exactly what I had in mind when I said you have to differentiate yourself at networking events. So, you know, when you do things in person for these networking events, which I'm sure my special guests would agree, we all, uh, you know, miss shaking hands, giving hugs, having drinks, kissing babies together. But, uh, you know, we got to do what we got to do. Like the, the forum for networking in the virtual world is phenomenal. The forum for conducting business in the virtual world is here to stay. We're, we're, you know, when we bounce back from the pandemic, no matter what, there will be a component of our business life that is forever changed. And a lot of it will revolve around building up a good presence, you know, virtually in order to do business with you, you know, with anybody, people need to like you, they have to trust you and they have to think, you know, what you're talking about. You know, these are very important things. And sometimes, you know, a lot of folks out there have difficulty building up rapport with, you know, folks outside their comfort zone when they can't shake hands in person. So, you know, it becomes more important now than ever to really build that, that awesome virtual presence. 
and embody the idea of it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And this is, you know, the, the last 20 years, particularly the last seven or eight or so for me, and a lot of what led up to the genesis of me jumping on the air with you guys on a weekly basis is, is that very thought. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. So I wanted to relate, you know, something before we get kicked off with JD here today, that's, um, you know, revolves around this topic. It's a book that I, that I read a little while back. It was published 2018. So it's, you know, fairly current, um, 10 skills for effective business communication, uh, practical strategies from the world's greatest leaders. So it's written by Jessica Higgins with forward by Ben way, but, uh, chapter five in the book says network your way into anything. And then there's a quote from Richard Branson that says a good leader doesn't get stuck behind a desk. And I would also say a good leader doesn't get stuck having to be on the road, having multiple meetings a day where they have to shake hands and see the person eye to eye. Don't get me wrong. There is no substitute for that. I love it. But the virtual presence in the virtual world is a significant step in a direction where you can connect with people that you maybe have never connected with before and business that might not have otherwise come your way. So uh, there's a section inside here that says how to connect with strangers. If you find yourself in a place with no familiar faces, don't freak out. Just remember that we're all awkward humans stuck in a room together. You can get through this by staying calm, being prepared, and remembering these next steps. A common misstep in networking is the spray and pray approach. Connecting with as many people as possible, exchanging as many cards as possible. I've seen uh, cartoons like that as well that are also a blast to look at with somebody who has business card shooters and just blast them out to the crowd. American culture can be pretty harsh. You get defined by so many factors, what you do for work, what type of car you drive, who you know. It's an endless merry-go-round of trying to, uh, of trying to out-fancy each other. Networking events can feel like this times a thousand. Rapid sequence introductions and rattling off our job titles. That's why we hate networking so much. No one likes feeling judged. Or worse, no one likes feeling used. This is the innocent byproduct of someone asking you, what do you do at a networking event? It's the euphemistic question for, what can you do for me? So it's funny, JD and I were talking about this recently. There's a section in here that says transacting business after networking. There is a point at which your networking efforts translate into business. It's just much further along than you think. I know a lot of folks out there like instant gratification. It takes time to build up trust. It's you doing what you say you would say you're going to do over and over again. That's how you build up trust. Your follow-up after a networking event should ideally contain the following three elements. An effective reminder of who you are, a piece of value or help that you can provide for them, even if it's small, a specific time and date at which the next meeting should occur. Notice at no point have I pitched any products or services. Effective follow-up is about minimizing the transactional nature of the relationship and maximizing the interpersonal side. So real quick in here, become a digital networking pro. Networking online can be more effective than face-to-face these days. You have the same opportunities to foster a deep connection and aren't limited to the people in the room. People are constantly telling their stories online. Don't just hit the like button, comment, message, and interact. Dive into conversation with someone from the convenience of wherever you happen to be in the moment. 
if a person you wish to facilitate a connection with posts photos of their dog, ask their name in the comments. Everyone loves attention online. Share a passion. Okay, that's people like passion. They 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 latch onto that. Practice these online skills by asking asking to connect with people you meet on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at the end of a good conversation. Putting it all together, here's an example of the preceding points. It was a pleasure to meet you last night. I really enjoyed chatting with a fellow foodie, which, by the way, JD is a foodie. I would love to hear more about your actual business as well. And I was just thinking there is a great new lunch place near your office named blah, blah, blah. Would you like to meet for lunch this Thursday or Friday at 12 p.m.? Obviously, this was written before the COVID times. If that doesn't work for you, send me some alternate times. Uh, this passage from this book that I read a few years back really reminded me of J.D. Gershwin and uh, his business with Alish Communications. I couldn't be more excited to kick off the discussion today. I have pictures of J.D. Galore, and he is quite the showman. Uh, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Stay with us on Always Friday. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. My theme music. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're going to be talking with my main man, Joel Dan Gershwin, otherwise known as JD, founder of Alish Communications here in just a minute. So the first the, segment that we get into with my special guest here is all about the method. This is the scientific portion of our lives here. What do you do? How do you do it? How do you go to market for it? And I can't. I couldn't be more excited to start this conversation because it's so relevant for what's going on right now. And I know that JD is really focused on the relationship 
more than some of the other types of things that you guys see out there in the LinkedIn and digital branding and marketing world that seem robotic and automated. So, JD, I am so excited to have you on this morning, my man. It's always Friday. It is with me. So I, I really love your lair in suburban Chicago. It looks unbelievable. I know you worked really hard on it, but uh, it's, it's uh, something that one day I hope to see in person. It just it looks like it has your personal brand of showmanship. Well, I think the question on everybody's lips right now is, can a guy wearing LinkedIn sunglasses be taken seriously? And uh, that is, you know what? I, I'm sure somebody's wondering that out there, but I, 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 would, I would trust you over anybody in a suit any day of the week. Well, I'll tell you something. This is an example of chameleonic branding. So I'm, I'm literally moving like a chameleon across situations because you told me the nature of your show. I asked you, 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 you really wear those shades all show long? So I figured, okay, I've got to not only match your energy because you're quite the energized dude, but at the same time, I've got to bring my own energy and I've got to have this kind of Friday feel. So uh, for me, Friday means it's five o'clock somewhere. There should be some Jimmy Buffett playing around here somewhere. I've got a passion fruit keto beverage here. So I'm about as tropical as I can be. It's about zero below uh, a zero to five degrees below wind chill factor here in Chicago. So uh, there's a weekend somewhere. But the point is, you would never know it because you have a kick-ass virtual presence. And that's what um, we're talking about here today. I'm up-leveling as we speak. I, I would agree. So there's all kinds of technologies out there that help us stay connected these days. And I'm one of those guys that almost feels like the more ways we have to communicate, the less we communicate. But making a true relationship and connection is not something that you can automate. I feel that way. I, I know you feel that way. While you can automate little tasks here and there, you can't automate making a relationship. And it's something that drives me crazy. Talk to us about how you feel about it. Well, I think there's a battle going on right now between head and heart, which leads me right into my message, which is organic, heart-centered, ethical, personal branding, and LinkedIn strategy. And I, I think that if we're going to up level in the virtual world, we have to have a pretty sharp and accurate assessment of who we are as professionals and reconcile the value we bring to those we wish to serve. And the problem is that with all we're hearing about relationship development now, Stephen, it's amazing to me. I mean, astonishing to me that people still default to these bad behaviors, these predatory sales tactics. And who the hell is buying from these people? I mean, <laughs> nobody's going down the buyer's journey with anybody that's going to be that aggressive and that upfront about selling you right off the bat. I'm a big Simpsons fan. I just remembered the Simpsons episode where, oh, it actually might have been the Simpsons movie where, where Bart says to the family and says, Mom, you just bought the biggest load of crap from the world's fattest fertilizer salesman <laughs> about Homer. Uh, it, it calls for rethinking. It really does. I mean, up-leveling, yes, but... Uh, we've become very desensitized to this uh, and, and we're almost, to, to use the parlance of our times, immune to some of this because we see it so much. It's pervasive. And the problem is that people get on LinkedIn, they'll see people doing this kind of spammy uh, overt sales pitching and they think, well, that's the way it's done. Why I should be doing that as well. I've got a product. I've got a service. I'm trying to drive a niche. Why shouldn't I be doing this? It's just the wrong way to go. And I, I'm not one to harp on the mistakes, but the message is 
approach people from a place of service and benevolence and altruism and watch what happens. I, I couldn't agree more. And I like, I don't like making decisions based on fear. And I feel like that's the one of the big reasons why people drive to the automation and robotic type of feel is because they feel like they're missing out on something that their competitors, their colleagues in the industry, their friends at the dinner table are doing and getting more like perceived more traction. But I would argue that it's not a sustainable business model, even if it happens temporarily and they get a couple of wins, it's more of a happy accident than it is a planned success and then, you know, they feel like they're rewarding themselves for doing a happy accident. And it just sets the entire wrong course of events. Well, they're commodities. And uh, to play into your message, your word for for uh, for now and always, I don't I, I don't think our words for 2021 should dissolve going into 2022. But the art and science of differentiation, which is what I'm all about. I'm I'm a personal brand strategist. That's how I classify myself in the professional world. And I better damn walk my talk if if I don't. I'll look like everybody else. And it's hard <laughs> to believe, Stephen, that in today's COVID-19 age, and, and we're, we're taping this coming up a year on a pandemic right now, it's hard to believe that uh, people still consider these sales tactics to be best practices. Uh, again, we're, we're learning a lot about our, our social networks, our relationships, our our, our inner sanctums that we've built through the years. And we have to take a look at the people behind them now and really understand that they have feelings and qualities and sensitivity. And uh, some have leadership skills. Uh, others are trying their best to gain traction in the virtual world and, and they're struggling. And if you come at a place and meet them at a place where you can be that solution, that, that driver of positive change, that's where you stand a chance. We all want to sell. We've got something to sell, but we have to sell ourselves first as the cliche goes. Everybody has something to sell. It's uh, And uh, for those who are actually watching in Facebook live land, I think you can see that JD doesn't look like everybody else and doesn't, <laughs> he is differentiated. So that's why he's here. So the whole idea to me, JD, and I, I think you would agree is you, you know, you're supposed to use these vehicles to engage and connect and do, you know, maybe find people that you've never, that you've never talked to or would otherwise never talk to, but to do the more human things. And sure. instead folks are buying into the idea of automation and it's giving off the exact opposite effect. You're supposed to use these things so that you could focus on the more human side of things. Well, that's what I call the ugly side of digital marketing. And it's just, Again, amazing to me that it, it has become so pervasive. It, it does not work. It simply does not work. We, we, we've become tough audiences these days. You, you've got to show people something and you can't show it with a scripted boilerplate formulaic generic connection request or an in-mail from LinkedIn that comes at the worst possible time of day for people. Uh, it's, it's offensive, it's intrusive, and it's annoying. And in my case, I report these people. I, I can't take it anymore. Uh, sometimes I'll use it as a teaching moment. And depending on the mood I'm in, I may fire off a reply because you can do that before you accept an invitation. And I'll say, hey, man, automated software overlay programs don't work. You're, you're strictly trying to lead me to the lip of your funnel and I ain't dancing in there. So work <laughs> on relationships, shift away from the transactional to the relational and you'll have a better chance with people. 
yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's, it's something that hits home so hard to me. It's, it's, it's almost painful. Well, we uh, know these people, we, we see these people and, and that comes from our shortcut, happy society where we're a species that's predicated on finding a good hack or a good workaround or, or, or show me the way to do it. So I can just invest the least time and effort into the process. I have it done for me. So I'm a done with you person. I'm I, <laughs> exactly. Wanna, if you're going to learn something, if you're going to excel at it, if you're going to up level, it has to be done by you, not for you. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more that the shortcut, happy society, the get rich quick thoughts, it goes back to thoughts that, that I continually share with people about the difference between simple and easy. Yeah. Everyone's looking for the easy way out. It's different than, than working with the path of least resistance and the, and the simple. Like things can be so simple. And people overcomplicate the hell out of them trying to find the easy way out. There is no easy way out. If there was, everybody would be doing all of these, you know, disruptive, innovative, mind-blowing thing, types of things. Yeah. And instead, like, you have people painting a picture where the, it's, yeah. it's like that. It's all based on a technology that's obsolete tomorrow. JD, how much time should one realistically spend on LinkedIn? So, I mean, that's a question that's probably one of the more frequently asked uh, yet. And I guess it doesn't matter because those are the people who are looking for that. They're, they're looking to get in, get out with, a, with the least bit of wear and tear on their psyche and feel like they've accomplished something. Yeah. Well, you're going to accomplish something when you don't watch the clock, when you're more conscious of your efforts, where you're learning from your activity. You're not just going in there with a hunter mentality saying, all right, who can I sell to today? <laughs> it's, it's, it's really not that kind of platform. There's no selling on LinkedIn. Now we're mentioning LinkedIn. There's also Facebook. There's also YouTube. There's, there's TikTok. There's Instagram. There's all these platforms where we're selling, but at the same time in, in the white collar professional world where products and services are marketed, that's going through LinkedIn. You may generate leads or I, I can't believe I just said that. You may feel like you've generated opportunities through these other platforms, but at the same time, if it's going to be a trusted business relationship at the core of the work, that's going through LinkedIn because LinkedIn basically gives us the engine to do that. We don't have these on other platforms. LinkedIn's profile page is robust. You can curate the exhibit on you. You could make yourself as interesting and compelling as hell. And that sets up the foundation for the dialogue to follow. No, absolutely. And, and I know how you consider the idea of lead generation to be like saying Voldemort. Oh, it's Voldemort. nails on a chalkboard, man. <laughs> it's one of those like, like yeah, on the, on the chalkboard types of words. And, like, and I totally identify with that. One of my, you know, the interviews I did with my buddy, John Colavita a few weeks ago on the narrative analytics side of things versus metrics driven analytics. It's, it's story versus just data that people have thrown into a pile. So we're going to take a break in just a minute, but right before we get there, uh, something I got was that was shared with me this morning. This is uh, 15 points of uh, daily on a daily basis, how to conduct your day for success by a gentleman named Ben Kenny. And one of the points that's on here is laugh. And I think that's a good segue into the madness portion of my show, because I know that, you know, you've been crazy busy, busier than you've ever been before. 
but you also have some awesome stories to tell from the laughter side of things. So I want to make sure we hit that in the next segment. We're going to be right back after this quick commercial. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. You know you have it. The potential for a more rewarding life, a life that matters. But how do you get there? The answer is in a best-selling book by the coach of the successful and wealthy, Ken D. Foster. The Courage to Change Everything, Daily Strategies and Wisdom to Awaken Your Hidden Genius and Transform Your Life. With this powerful yet amazingly simple daily guide, your future is in your hands. You will be empowered to unlock your potential, bring out your true gifts, increase your wealth, and take your life and business to a new level. Get your life-transforming copy of Ken D. Foster's The Courage to Change Everything by going to couragetochange.us. That's couragetochange.us. Quite frankly, there's no other book like this. Imagine what your life could be like if you had at your fingertips the success principles to create the life you've always wanted. Are you ready to live your dream? Go to couragetochange.us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We are talking with J.D. Gershbein, founder of Owlish Communications, personal brand strategist, LinkedIn guru. We're going to get into the madness behind J.D.'s business travels and his conversations as of late. And I'm sure he's got plenty of them because, you know, now it's... People almost have no choice. They have to build up some type of virtual presence, you know, where people thought it might have been a nice to have a while back. Now it's kind of more of a need to have. So we want to hear about some stories, J.D., that you've seen yourself. No stories too taboo. You know, don't don't compromise any client confidentiality. You know, call them, you know, some, something else or whatnot. But uh, you, you, there has to be some fun stuff that you've come across in, in the last handful of weeks and months. Is this like a J.D. tells all kind of expose thing? Are the, are the tabloids like outside my studio door waiting to just get a microphone in my face and ask me to confirm or deny, you know, in terms of storytelling, I think all of us now have some stories to tell. We've been doing this coming up on a year as we sit here today. And what, what have we learned? What have we done? Go back to the very beginning when we, when we first realized that we were going to have to shelter in home. Uh, there uh, no real adaptation piece for me because I've been working virtually since I sent my first email, really. I mean, I, 
I've, I've been, I'm no stranger to the virtual space, but with this virtualization of business and everybody now going into their devices, we, we found ourselves unable to meet. We can't meet at coffee houses. We can't take breakfasts or lunches. We we're not going to events. Uh, I'm a professional speaker. Uh, a, a good swath of my income was stripped away from me. And I, I had to make uh, tweaks to my, to my business plan. So I would look every day at what was going on. I, I've, I've put in long days. When I tell you long days, emphasis on long days on Zoom. I start early. I get up. I call this the new busy, Stephen. I, I think that if you're playing this right, you're as busy, if not busier, than when you first started getting things going. Because now you factor in the process of reinvention and reassessment and retooling and recalibrating and refreshing yourself. Take, take any verb, put re in front of it, and that's what we're doing. So during the course of our uh, reassessment, we come across others who are reassessing. And now there's this almost re-engineering of our networks going on. Uh, I call my network now my audience. Because if you're in a value creation space, as, as I am, as you are, uh, we're not just meeting people who can help and support us. We're, we're meeting people who are potential raving fans or brand ambassadors for us. Because now when you go online, you're, you're not going on uh, just basically prospecting in the same old way. Networking, for those of you with a sales orientation, networking is the new prospecting. So treat yourself well, folks. Up, the up-leveling virtual piece is everything from your choice of apparel to your nutrition and getting into, into the zone, so to speak, and showing up, stepping up, and following up. And, and really getting into the flow of the day. On a, I've looked at my calendar uh, throughout the last year, as, as again, we're coming up to the year threshold of, of sheltering at home. And I'm, I'm anywhere between six and maybe a dozen, maybe even more Zoom meetings on a daily basis. Now, early into the pandemic, the term Zoom fatigue surfaced. And I gotta tell you, Zoom fatigue doesn't apply to me. I'm hardwired for this stuff. I absolutely love it. Uh, I got tired just taking the, the, the Metra, the commuter train into Chicago three, four days a week, having breakfast or lunch with someone, maybe meeting one or two other people. I'd see maybe, and if someone cancels, you've got, you go downtown, you spend the money, you spend the time, you're seeing one or two people a day and you come home on the train exhausted. And now I, I really dig the 30-second commute from the master bedroom to my, my studio in my home <laughs> office. Stopping at the coffee pot, of course. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I think, do without that? I, I, I think that now our days have to be measured in terms of performance. How are we showing up on our Zoom meetings? How are we interacting with the people? And as much as we bring it, and as much as we need to really be present in the moment, which is something that I always am on these, I really have trained myself through my years at Second City here in Chicago uh, and, and working with the techniques of applied improvisation to really be present in the moment and keep conversations in play. And, and the stories, uh, of course, they're stories. Everybody's got them. The awkward breakout room, the, uh, where you just can't get the momentum going, or you're with people who just don't match your persona, or they're trying to sell you. And 
uh, I, I mean, you, you need to look no further than into the chat room to see how people are selling themselves. There, there's almost a chamber of commerce type feel to some of these uh, types of get-togethers. Yeah, when yeah, in I fact, you should adopt the attitude of going in and creating relationships, seeding conversations, and setting yourself up for opportunities. I, I completely agree. And I'm right there with you on the Zoom fatigue, although I have talked myself hoarse in the in the last couple of months. So sometimes my voice and throat can't actually handle how much I'm talking right now. But right back to what you're saying, I have also you know, put, pegged it at about six meetings a day that I have on Zoom, which in a work week of five days a week, that's 30 meetings. And when I talk to colleagues and friends in my, in my various industries that I partner with folks in, and they're talking about eight to 10 meetings a week, and I'm saying I have 30 meetings a week consistently right now, they look at me like I have multiple heads. And I'm just like, I'm like you, like I adopted this way of doing work a long time ago. I don't consider it a complete substitute for seeing people in person and shaking hands, but it's a viable means of channel distribution and talking to people and meeting people. I'll tell you something, man. I don't take the the Zoom fatigue excuse from people very well. I'm just not that guy because look, again, look where we are. Look where the human species is right now. Uh, The vaccines are coming slow. We are confined to this world. We're, and many people have discovered the joys of working virtually. They're never going back to an office. And they may not commute into a big city to take meetings anymore. This is it. And, and if you're going to hide behind a Zoom fatigue excuse, it, it ain't going to work right now. Toughen up. Mental <laughs> toughness and getting through these days. I'm not the guy that you want to use the Zoom fatigue card with. I, I'm really not because... You come on a Zoom meeting with me and, and I'm going to take you places. I'm going to I'm going to help you learn about yourself. I'm not going to sell you anything unless, of course, you truly need what I provide. Then I may steer the conversation. But that's another story. But the key is I don't go on these calls to sell people. I go on these calls to to bring good quality human beings into my professional network and see what we can co-create when you have a collaborative mindset, Zoom is not a fatiguing event. Zoom is the promise of opportunity. It's, it's the promised land. It, yeah. you, you can't get to that point in the real world. You can't meet people. So one of the things that I, when I'm asked to do programs that involve up-level virtually, I, I talk about the neuroscience of Zoom. Granted, the brain is using a lot of energy during our, the, the, the day uh, in front of a device. We, we have to bring everything. We've got to have the posture, the musculature, the eye contact. We've got to know where to look. We've got to uh, really edit our thoughts very well. We've got to be conversationally appropriate. We have to veer into, into areas uh, maybe that we've never gone before just to, to, to get something out there for people to, to know, like, and trust us. So uh, again, there, there's more demands on the nervous system right now. Yes, it's easy to get tired. Yes, after a long day on Zoom, I'm tired. But I know when the camera's off uh, and those couple hours I have to myself in the evening, I know I'm going to hit the pillow pretty damn hard at night. But at the same time, while we're in the heat of battle, you've just got to train your brain to be there and deliver. Yeah, there's, there's no question about it. Differentiation, going outside of your comfort zone, all of that needs to be harnessed right now. And yeah. I think more and more people are seeing that. I want you to go back to the, the second city 
the discussion for a moment, because I know you and I have talked about this a bunch. I actually I had a discussion with uh, some of my colleagues in, in my industries as of late about life isn't scripted. If, if anything, ta- if 2020 taught us anything, life isn't scripted. You have to, it's not about having a script and trying to read from it every time, which is very often how people are programmed in the sales world. It's more about having the right people and relationships and knowing the stories to share and in which forums to share them in and why and what drives everybody. And I draw a lot of parallels to improv comedy. I've always loved improv comedy. I used to go to a comedy club in central New Jersey every weekend when I was in high school. And I still like, you know, follow some of the guys from back in that comedy troupe on Facebook. They're still pretty damn funny nowadays. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of work and training, especially in the corporate environment to be done. Not like the old traditional tired trainings that you referenced earlier that came out 50 years ago. Some of those have some great sales 101 thought processes. But as far as how to actually make a connection and share a story and come from a place of likability, you know, going back to laughter, like laughter is associated with comedy and improv comedy. Laughter is a tacit approval. Like people will start to lower their guard if you can make them crack a smile. Do you agree or disagree? Your your voice was really crescendoing there. I I think I'm forced to agree at this point. Uh, I've been a student of humor since rational thought kicked in for me, which was two, three weeks ago. But but all seriousness aside, uh, I found out about improv back in the mid-1980s. I actually uh, went to an improv comedy performance, got called up on stage. I volunteered. It was a what-the-hell moment. And I really loved it. And I was living in the city, uh, in Wrigleyville, and Second City was not far away. And I took a class and I started to study. I, I just didn't show up. I, I really got into this. I, I don't look at, at improv and, and Stephen, I would clarify that improvisation or applied improvisation is, as I refer to it in business in the professional world, it's not all about making people laugh, but it's about really, it's a byproduct of human creativity, uh, the ability to speak extemporaneously, to think extemporaneously, and most important to co-create something with a, scene partner or a conversation partner and extend something. And uh, from beginning to end, you're just, you're making things up. You're literally conjuring uh, content out of thin air that, that didn't have a place before, didn't have context. Uh, your mission is to give it context. So back in 2017, I resumed my study of improv. I actually uh, engaged a coach at Second City to help me with my stagecraft as a professional speaker. And that turned into classes that I registered for into the advanced long form improv, uh, solo performance and media production. So no, I wasn't going back to audition for Saturday night live or anything like that, but (laughs) I did this truly to upskill up level myself because that's how I apply my trade. I words are the tool of my trade. My, my persona is the tool of my trade I invested in myself. I bet on myself to win. And the best piece of doing that was to enroll at at Second City. And in May of 2011, uh, after several months of, of, well, actually a year and a half of of being back there, uh, I assembled a cast and we did a killer show at Judy's Beat Lounge, uh, sold it out. And um, 
it was then I realized, yeah, I need to incorporate and integrate more of the skills of applied improvisation into what I do. My practice is very steeped in improv. And the way that I teach my clients LinkedIn and how to extend conversations in the digital world, the reports are now that this is what's sustaining them. Yes, the profile, the branding, uh, the network, all important. But when you're starting to make a business case for yourself, out there in the virtual world, if you don't have the words, if you can't find your influence, you can't improve your competitive position. You cannot win business. I agree. Great message. We got to take a quick commercial break. We're going to be right back to wrap up the show with our message segment with none other than J.D. Gershwin and Alish Communications. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're talking with J.D. Gershbein. Boy, that is some head-banging music you got there, man. <laughs> J.D. Gershbein, Outlish Communications. If you guys like small and medium-sized business talk, stay with talkradio.myc for the 12 o'clock show. Jeremiah Fox and the Entrepreneurial Web coming right up after this. But we're going to wrap things up here with J.D. in the messaging part of our show, which is... You know, what insight should people take away here over the weekend and really harness it so they can make a good Monday impact? And we've talked about a lot here, very, very impactful discussion. But I think the lion's share of it, J.D., is is around, you know, don't be a robot. Be a person. We all have a basic level of humanity. We all have a story to tell. LinkedIn is the forum where you've specialized in for the last 15 years. Stories are shared all over social media, but 
everybody's got a story to tell. We're all human beings. There's some type of personal connection. Well, I think the overarching piece, uh, as we kind of hit the home stretch here, um, is that wherever you go online, be it LinkedIn, be it Facebook, be it Twitter, wherever, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, there is a decision on you. That is a decision made by the people you are interacting with as a vendor selling a product, a service provider, a niche driver, a thought leader, a leader, uh, an innovator, uh, and even a first degree connection. People are evaluating you. We are vetting everybody right now in, in our space. And time is at a premium for all of us. It's really our only inventory. Who are you going to want to spend your time with? So really campaign for the time and attention of people. Put yourself in their position. Would they want to spend 30 minutes in a Zoom room with you? Would they want to be connected with you? What have you given them uh, to research you, to motivate them to investigate you further? So everything I do on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, heck, second to second, is positioning myself for favorable outcomes. And our only avenue to do this right now is in the virtual world. So that's why I chose up-level as my word. Uh, you want to up-level? Of course you do. It, it's a, an offshoot of continuous improvement. We're all trying to get better as human beings, at I, least the folks I run with. Absolutely. I love Kaizen, and I love the uh, feeling of leaving somebody better off than when I found them. Absolutely. And, and a big message of mine to share with everybody is I probably wouldn't have met JD if the pandemic didn't happen and I wasn't doing my normal type of networking that I would do anyway, just utilizing right. virtual presence and Zoom and you know, excitement around that. Not only would I have not met JD, I wouldn't have met my guest that I had on last week, which coincidentally, I met at one of JD's events. Well, there you go. I mean, we're all interconnected and we're really, we're really showing this human fabric uh, now and the strength of the human fabric. And, and we're all woven together. We're, we're maneuvering through various communities. We're stopping and uh, trying to smell the roses. But at the same time, we're learning about these folks that comprise our network. If anything, Stephen, the pandemic has really driven home uh, the concept of social networking, which was a very vague and nebulous idea for people. I mean, there are folks who tragically can't find a place for themselves in the internet world and the things that people who are accustomed to the technology take for granted, many people can't do. And, and that does inhibit them. Uh, Zoom is a very user-friendly uh, technology. I, I believe that video conferencing is going to get even better and more seamless. And I think it, it really behooves us as professionals to learn the technologies, uh, again, to be present in the moment at our one-on-ones and, and to really approach people from not just trying to shove a sales pitch down their throat, but to truly establish some credibility, uh, some basis, uh, some foundation, so that you can merge this into a sales dialogue and create sales moments. And without sales moments, of course, we can't generate the revenue that keeps the lights on, the heat going, and, and, uh, and the creditors at bay. But just don't be so desperate. Uh, it, 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 we all know who wins the race between the tortoise and the hare, don't we? And it's such an important point because, you know, years ago in, in the other you know, traditional sales tactics and training were so much more pertinent because people had to have that type of fire and intensity to get the message you know, into people's faces with force. But now 
like, you know, fast forward, like even if you go back 20 years, like 20 years later, people have sales pitches in their face all day long, every minute, every second of the day. And if you think, you know, just driving home some type of show up and throw a product knowledge is going to get people engaged. It's, it's just, it's just noise. It sounds like every, everything else out there. Well, you do have to have the, as you would say, the differentiator. And, and that is how we kind of mosey from place to place online and try to build brand. Uh, I, today I look at every uh, email, every phone call, every, uh, every Zoom call, every networking opportunity as an opportunity to build my brand. I, I get invited to a lot of stuff. I, I have premium demands on my time like everybody else. So we have to be more judicious with our choices. By now, we've kind of settled into certain patterns. We've been attending regular meetups that we like uh, that, that seem to really come together for us. And there's a, a caliber of professional who attends those events that we like and we want to get to know a little bit better. And And again, there's this, I call this professional alignment. You want to really focus on aligning with people uh, who are of the same ilk, of the same character, of the same temperament with you, like you are with me. Absolutely. Um, if I didn't meet you in a live event, um, it might have been different, but I'm, I'm the kind of person that enjoys the live events a lot. And I think that translates well into the digital space. If you, you know, forget the fact that you're introverted, forget the fact that you're, uh, you're withdrawn or you're shy now's not the time to be shy. Uh, if you're going to build a business, if you're going to launch a new venture, uh, if you're going to get a new or a better job, you must step up virtually. You must. You have to up-level your virtual presence. JD, I can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. I know that many folks want to have you on these days. I, I really appreciate you joining me today. Before we wrap everything up officially, let's answer the three big questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? You were kind enough to give me both a TV and a movie character. None other than Anthony Soprano, Tony Soprano. Uh, I, I have such a hard time looking at you as somebody who's like a badass thug type of personality because you're one of the nicest human beings. I've ever met, but uh, still, nevertheless, funny to see your face on Tony Soprano's body and funny to see mine on uh, AJ Soprano's body. Uh, <laughs> also, Christo- Christopher Moltisanti, um, you know, pl- plenty, of, plenty of good stuff here. Um, and then, you know, as far as the character in the movies that you gave me, a- another popular one, the dude from The Big Lebowski. You look, you look wonderful as the dude, I got to say. You want to talk unique character, man. I, 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 I've had three golden retrievers. I'm on my third. And I, I simply call him the dude. The dude <laughs> abides. The dude abides. This aggression will not stand, man. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I actually used a, a dude picture of myself in an earlier episode this year. I, One I, of the great I, characters in cinema, man. I, great I, character. Absolutely. Say? Uh, on the TV show, what's your favorite movie or TV show? So JD's favorite TV show. No surprise here. I do consider him one of his, one of the more witty, urbane, sophisticated humor folks in my network would be none other than Seinfeld. Where the hell my pictures go? Oh, there I thought you were going to put on the theme music, the slap bass <laughs> theme music. Yeah. So I love Kramer. There's you as Kramer. I got you as Seinfeld multiple times. I got you as George. I got the whole crew hanging out together. His uh, favorite movie in JD's world is Goodfellas. 
So I have you as Jimmy Conway. I have you as Jimmy Conway again with me as Maury. You know, obviously great movie. And some of the discussions JD have had in recent days came up as well. Just a couple of quotes from the movie. Uh, and, and JD's favorite uh, musical instrument and the artist who plays it is the piano with Mr. Steve Naive from Elvis Costello and the attractions. JD, once again, can't tell you what a pleasure it's been to have you on the show today. We got to take things home. We got Jeremiah Fox and the entrepreneurial web coming up. I got JD's contact information on my screen. If you can't find him on the internet, then you're not using the right internet. Uh, I will see you guys next week, Friday, 11 a.m. for Always Friday. We hope you got some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Have a great weekend, everybody. You're listening to Talk Radio and... Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.